you've taught tax law at um, several universities around the world. What motivated you to become a part of the faculty team here at Osgood? Osgood. Osgood itself mm -hmm. is very attractive. Like mm -hmm. I did my PhD here with Neil Brooks and just coming back here to work with him would be fantastic. And on top of that, uh, Peter Hogg and Lisa Phillips mm -hmm. were also on faculty here. To me, Osgood had a winning team at that time. When Neil, Peter, Lisa and I were here and then Tim Egger joined, yeah. we had one of the strongest tax faculty in North America. So professionally, it was exciting to come back to Osgood. Personally, it makes sense for me to grow in a, in a bigger law school mm -hmm. uh, and also do, to do it in Toronto because my husband refused to relocate to London. The, the, the strength of Osgood tax law is its diversity. It's not just the number of people, it's the diversity. Like Neil Brooks was doing critical thinking tax policy mm -hmm. and Peter Hogg was doing you know, the fiscal federalism, constitutional law and he also uh, taught trust law, so taxation was kind of intertwined in his private law and mm -hmm. constitutional law expertise. Lisa Phillips was a leading feminist legal scholar yeah. and doing tax. So I came doing more uh, you know, professional, doctrinal, uh, international comparative. So what do you think in the tax field right now? What's exciting? What can we expect in like maybe five years? From a researcher's perspective, mm -hmm. five years and beyond is very uh, exciting because we're living in a world that everything is being disrupted and our thinking about tax policy has not changed very much. The Canadian fundamental tax policy framework was set in the 1960s and so a lot has changed in society, in politics, in the economy. And I think Canada, it, with this uh, re-elected minority liberal government, mm -hmm. it's hard to know whether they are going to do it, but there are a lot of calls for a fundamental review of the tax system here. Like, as an instrument, uh, it probably needs some retooling, refining, or maybe reimagination, mm -hmm. so that it continues to be uh, important to the Canadian democracy and the Canadian economy. Mm -hmm. So as a researcher, um, you know, just looking at the domestic situation, I think it's, it's interesting to see what the government will do. When the Liberal government was elected in 2015, mm -hmm. I was part of the minister's advisory panel, oh. reviewing only one dimension of the Income Tax Act, which is yeah. the tax expenditures yeah. side. And so a group of us worked with the minister and tried to look at it and try to come up with some recommendations. But um, now I think it's not just the tax subsidies provision, it's the overall system, mm -hmm. how to make it relevant and competitive. So yeah. I don't know, I'm looking forward to that call from yeah. the government for overall review. Mm -hmm. uh, whether I'm part of it directly or indirectly, I always try to participate yeah. and to share my knowledge, my research with the broader community. Mm -hmm. So that's very exciting. Internationally, which is my area of uh, interest, yeah. uh, lots of exciting things are happening already outside Canada. Mm -hmm. The OECD, the G20, the IMF, the World Bank, the UN, all of these international organizations are working together try to figure out how to tax global businesses that are digital because um, the tax rules have been created over a hundred years ago for the industrial physical economy. So countries agree to share the profit according to physical manifestations mm -hmm. of value. And now it's all digital. It is all now all digital. Yeah. So all governments still need revenue 
that uh, we need to figure out what are the handos mm -hmm. for, for the government to see the revenue, the profit, and then be able to tax it. So the rule of the game need to be revised. And uh, I have been involved and watching, observing the evolution of these uh, new set of rules and, and the governance structure and all that. I think Canada has been part of it, uh, and it will affect Canada. So it will be interesting to see how and to what extent the international proposals will become real law, mm -hmm. and then it will affect Canada. The other piece on my agenda is China. I am the only tax law scholar who writes about China outside China. The, the Chinese file has been very interesting, mm -hmm. and China's government has been expanding overseas through yeah. this so-called One Belt, One Road initiative. It's expanding into yeah. over a hundred countries. There's a tax uh, corporation mechanism, mm -hmm. and I am uh, a member of the advisory panel for that mechanism. As part of that, I'm uh, observing and contributing to this new, potentially relevant, multinational kind of organization. Mm -hmm. Try to coordinate the work of tax administrations in many, many jurisdictions and that are economically integrated, but the tax systems are se separate. Mm -hmm. That's very interesting. I'm organizing a workshop and organizing a research project about disputes resolution, mm -hmm. just within the umbrella of the One Belt, One Road initiative. In the next few years, all of these things may generate some really exciting things. <laughs> I have to say, uh, as a teacher, uh, I, I have been seriously involved in teaching our LLM tax program since last year. Nominally, I was an academic director, but, but when teaching. Neil was you know, in the program, I deferred to him, and yeah. Yeah. he was my teacher. I worshipped him, yeah. and then <laughs> he decided to retire. <laughs> <laughs> then I have to assume a lot of the duties. Yeah. I've been talking with Scott and redesign, uh, make, make the program more relevant to mm -hmm. our students. And I see a lot of need for our LLM tax education because younger people, they are so used to learning fragmented things, in yeah. my view. Yeah. So knowledge is fragmented, learning is fragmented, everything you know can be searchable on their device. Mm -hmm. The lack of deep, solid thinking about a complex, complex body of knowledge. Mm -hmm. I, I think that's kind of lacking. Yeah. And, uh, and nobody has the time to sit down and understand the system as a system. Yeah. They pick pieces and say, yeah, I get it or I don't get it, and, and then and pretend to have something to say uh, about it. So I think our LLM actually f feel the, the void uh, and uh, the, the fragmentation is happening just because of technology, because mm -hmm. of uh, things that are outside our control. But in the meantime, in tax law, the Supreme Court of Canada has now made it very clear that we should understand tax law contextually and purposively. Mm -hmm. In the old days, just you know, strict literal interpretation, see the words, apply it, that's yeah. fine. Now you know you have to understand the bigger picture. Right. When the, I think our students are being more fragmented and the law is pushing for more holistic, purposive interpretation, JD education is far from adequate. In the, like mm -hmm. Most students don't take tax courses mm -hmm. and uh, 
So they went to go to practice, they realize something. So our LLM program satisfies this need, mm -hmm. and I think other master programs, UBC and Waterloo, do the same. But I think our, because our history, as a like academic director of the program, I see exciting opportunities mm -hmm. for us to help and shape young tax mm -hmm. professionals through our programming, through our teaching. So overall, who would be the ideal candidates for the tax law LLM program? Uh, there's no simple answer to that question. Like uh, from our perspective, mm -hmm. the ideal student will be someone who cares about tax law. Yeah as a policy instrument, as a body of law, as a professional area of practice. Mm -hmm. So they must have the passion, they must have the commitment to learning about this body of law. Mm -hmm. And so that's, I think that would be the most important thing. And then uh, anyone who is willing to learn, put in the efforts. This is not the area of the law you can pretend you know something when yeah. you don't. And this is so it makes people really honest. Experienced tax lawyers will see you through if you say, I know something. <laughs> <laughs> Two more questions, you will reveal yourself. Because it's, it's cumulative, it's a body of knowledge, and the area of the law takes a lot of learning and thinking and reflecting. So any candidate who cares about tax law, mm -hmm. who has the interest and w want to budget, invest their time yeah. to learning, and someone who is not looking for a quick return. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, take the course and say, oh, I'm an expert, I know something. Yeah. So if they're humble, honest enough to give it time to learn, mm -hmm. and I think those are the, really the good candidates we need, and they will turn out to be successful. Mm -hmm. Students who care about uh, immediate gratification, fleeting satisfactory, like short-term reward. That's not the ideal situation. Going to that point where you said that this really makes you honest about your knowledge about tax law, um, what about, like, what do you think is important for prospective LLM candidates who don't have a background in law? What should they know before taking this program? So there are different kinds of uh, non-legally trained candidates in yeah. our program. They're very different in the sense, like for a CPA, uh, a person may actually know quite a bit about tax, mm -hmm. not necessarily about the law and the policy behind it, but they know what to do. Right. Like they, they help clients complying with a tax, they may even do tax planning, so they know the tax operation, the, the practice of it. Mm -hmm. So those students, they will see value add in our program in terms of elevating their level of learning. They may see more gray in the law, that they will see this tax law reflect all the balances and compromises, mm -hmm. and then the law is written in legislative language, there are ambiguities. So it's uh, the student uh, with the CPA with tax background coming to the, the program may see that they understand law and policy better, and then will elevate their practice to a higher level of uh, you know, professional practice. Mm -hmm. Now they can do more planning and mm -hmm. advising at a more sophisticated level rather mm -hmm. than just application. Right. People who don't really have any tax background or legal background, unless they are exceptionally interested in learning tax law, it will be very hard mm -hmm. for that student because tax law depends on other laws right. to operate. Okay. Yeah. So for corporate tax, you have to know what the corporation is, how the corporate governance is done, like who makes decisions for this legal personality and you know things like that, yeah. contracts and property. 
if uh, a, a candidate doesn't understand the legal world mm -hmm. and doesn't understand the tax world, mm -hmm. it will be very hard to study. Mm -hmm. If they have law and then we teach them tax, if they have tax, we teach them law. But if they have neither, then it's, it's hard. Very difficult. Yeah, it's yeah. a bit difficult. You talked a lot about why it's important to take an LLM in tax law in general. But what about the program at Osgood? Why should people take this LLM here? Yeah, but before UBC had its uh, tax program, yeah. this question is like, like a, an academic question because we're, we were the only game in this country mm -hmm. in terms of uh, taxation law masters. And now UBC has one, so uh, I have not followed what the UBC has been doing, but mm -hmm. I respect uh, David Duff and Wei Tsui, uh, the two the faculty members who, uh, who run that program. Yeah. They are newer. Mm -hmm. uh, so for uh, for a candidate who is looking to find a, a LLM tax program, uh, they now at least consider UBC and Osgood. Mm -hmm. We have the advantage, I think, because we are more established yeah. and our programming is more mature, and uh, we have uh, alumni. That is, you know, I think that's can speak to the value of the program mm -hmm. on our behalf. Being in Toronto is a, is actually a very huge advantage. Mm -hmm. uh, most of our students come from neighboring, you know, either in Toronto in the Beaver uh, area. Do a lot of Ontario. people like video conference in? Some. So we have people actually from Vancouver. A couple oh. of students every year from Vancouver. Mm -hmm. from, us versus uh, yes, yes, yes. Uh, like the the people who teach in our program are mm -hmm. so that we have experts like people like Scott and. Uh, at Croft, uh, you know, now we, we recruited two um, senior female partners teaching, teaching the uh, advanced courses. So we have the leading practitioners. Yeah, I, I call them practitioner intellectuals. Uh -huh. These people who practice tax, they think about it, they write about it, and we draw them, uh, attract them to our program to teach. Mm -hmm. So I think they are, they help students learn. So I think that's our uh, strength. Mm -hmm. And uh, the, the, the fact that we offer remote learning opportunities are the, the way our, our program can use the uh, technology is just fantastic. Mm -hmm. When I finished teaching a course on Saturday, there were two students uh, remote. They were participating. I mean, they did the question, they presented their, their things, and they, you know, they answered questions. And it's like they were there. They're on the screen, like uh, sometimes you forget. <laughs> but when technology doesn't work, it's very embarrassing. Because mm -hmm. one of the two students, the screen gets frozen. <laughs> yeah. Well, that happens to us all the time when uh, we're in meetings. Frozen. Then I thought, oh my god. And, yeah. But it's fortunate when it's her turn to present her materials, she was alive. Oh, like okay. the screen unfolds. Yeah. <laughs> it's like magic. But, but it, so our technology is unparalleled. I mean, that's ennobles. Like last year, I had a student from Yukon, oh. but he decided to fly in to take the yeah. course. But he, he could, he could could've, take the course. It's an option. Yeah, yeah. he yeah. said he needed the opportunity yeah. to be away from his office. And be in Toronto, yeah. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.